Welcome to Guarded, a podcast to help you stay alert during these times. I'm your host, T.A. Bryant. And today, we're going to talk about idols. Why people construct them and how do you know if you have made something or someone an idol and the Bible is always our reference because we are Christians and it is our instruction manual for life as we live out our days on the earth. And as I'm viewing the Bible and noticing that people constructed idols when what they were serving did not fit their idea of how things should be. So they constructed something that could represent their emotional state, their ideas, or their culture as it relates to what they thought they needed. Okay. So if we look at idols and I want you to pay very close attention because most of the time, if an idol is made, It is to construct for yourself a version of God you find preferable. Idolatry is also the false perception of God or the wrong viewing. So we create these perceptions to fit our preferences. What I prefer or what I perceive is what I construct, okay? To be a version of God for myself or for you, okay? So we create these perceptions to fit our preferences. So what can we construct or create That is a perception of God that allows it to be an idol. Anything that you construct to be your God besides the true and living God is an idol. And we're talking beyond you carving an image or graving image, which is one um, idea of idols or idolatry. 
But we're talking about things, people, persons uh, that we perceive or we have uh, perceptions that this is my idea of greatness or this is my idea of what I will follow or what I will idolize, what I will listen to, what I will make or allow to become over me and tell me how to live my life. Okay. So what can we construct or what can we create as perceptions? Number one, your emotions can construct how I feel, what I think can construct an idol. Okay. Number two, my intellect can construct. God, God offends people's intellect. Things you think versus what God thinks. Hmm. God says my ways are higher than your ways. And so are my thoughts. Okay. So intellect is on a level lower than God's ways or God's thoughts. Just because someone is smart intellectually, that's the mind of man. That is not the mind of God. And sometimes we can uh, construct idols by a person's intellect. How smart they are in human form. But it has nothing to do with God's thoughts or ways. Okay? So God offends people's intellect. Things you think versus what God thinks. Dictating what who God is. So sometimes we can take our intellect and we can dictate who God is. How he maneuvers. Uh, 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 we can take... Um, things in the word if we don't um are not moved by revelation we can take things in the word and sum it up by our intellect because we don't have the holy spirit to guide us by revelation revelation comes strictly from the mind of god intellect comes strictly by the mind of man. So if I'm moving by, um, uh, not by revelation, but only by intellect and what I think or information. Okay. So I, I take the Bible and I only use it as information. Then I'm only using my intellect to sum up what the Bible means. I'm just reading, reading the words on the page as I do any other book. Therefore, I'm intellectually 
summing up the word of God. But if I take the Holy Spirit and I take the word of God and I receive revelation, then I'm moving by the thoughts of God, the thoughts of how he sees me, the thoughts of how he uh, uh, did things for me. Okay, so intellect uh, dictates who God is. That's why you hear so many people say, oh, this is just a history book. This was written so many years ago, so it doesn't apply to us now. Uh, This book is not relevant now. Uh, uh, All of these people in this, this, um, you know, this Bible uh, have nothing to do with my life now. Those are people moved by intellect or they received information, but they have not moved into revelation to know the trueness that the word of God is spirit and life. And it does not operate by intellect or information, but it operates by the spirit moving in revelation. Okay. So failing to realize his thoughts, not our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways leads us to construct by intellect and not by revelation, okay? And that's how we make uh, idols, okay? Listen to this. Number three, experience can construct. Hmm. So where I've been in my life, what, what has happened to me can construct idols. So this is how it, it is because this is how, what I've experienced. So because I've experienced it this way, okay, this is where I will stay and I won't be led by the spirit to find or become limitless to what God can do beyond my experience. We find so many people in the realm of idolatry based on past hurts. Uh, uh, my mama left me, my daddy left me, uh, I was abandoned, um, I was molested, and we don't want to uh, not, uh, uh, you know, um, have empathy for that but sometimes those things can become idols because that's where we live and that's where we stay and those are the things that we hang on to and hold on to and those things can eventually become idols to us because we have not moved out of experience into our true identity in Jesus Christ which allows that experience to make us Believe that this is all there is when there's so much more when you come into the the uh, reconciliation of Jesus Christ, you get more than experience. You get the fullness of God. You get the joy of God. You get the healing of God. You get the peace of God. You get all that you need beyond experience okay sin is an was an experience but when you when you find Jesus and you move into revelation you understand that I'm not in that experience anymore I'm moving from the experience of sin into ah 
sonship or daughtership. That's where I'm not, that's where I'm moving to. I move into a son or a daughter of God and what I've done, what I've been through, what happened to me, those experiences don't matter anymore because I've moved into relationship where I'm no longer experiencing or uh, subject to sin, but I have become a son or a daughter through Jesus Christ. So that's number three. Number four, your peers can construct. You hang with a specific group of people and you have this idea of how things should go. You don't move beyond that. You stay in that. So peers, your circle, you don't fly like an eagle. You hang hang in circles so that you won't get New revelation, new information, new, uh, 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 new, uh, new experiences with God. So peers can construct ideas that can lead you into a realm of idol, idol, idol tree. Number five, our culture can construct. Okay. Culture can construct, okay? So we all have are in a specific culture or in a specific group. And sometimes our culture, uh, you know, our culture as African-Americans or Caucasians or uh, Asians or Hispanic, we, our cultures can construct idols based on our history within that particular culture okay and it keeps us there instead of moving into who God really is okay another thing schools can indoctrinate okay and when I say schools can indoctrinate you're learning the ways you you, you remember I remember when I was in school uh, before we went into the classroom, you had to stop and you had to to, to salute. Uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We had to uh, uh, render or make known our pledge to the United States in school. Okay. Not only that, we had to uh, uh, follow the rules of the school. If the school say prayer was out, hey, no prayer. If the school said, you know, you couldn't read your Bible or bring your Bible, hey, no, no Bible. So we become indoctrinated to the to the rules of the school that the school has set, so that we can get what our flesh desires to move to other levels in the world. So we leave God out to fit into a specific indoctrination to become like others and not become like God or what God has desired for us. Okay. Number seven, religion can indoctrinate. Okay. There are so many religions uh, and religions are there because I believe they only have a peace. 
or they only practice a piece of the Bible. Not the whole Bible, just a piece of it. This one believes in this. This one don't don't believe in this. This one believes in this. This one won't believe in this. So each denomination or religion believes different things. Okay? So it indoctrinates you and you believe in part what you should believe as a Christian in whole. Okay? So you're indoctrinated in that religion. And in that religion, man is the head of that. Okay? He is the head. He may speak of God. He may speak of, or she may speak of, you know, Jesus and say this is about Jesus. But go out, go outside of the doctrine that was created and you will see. Mm-mm. Nope. No. It's not. Okay? So, emotions, intellect, experience, peers, culture, schools, and religion. And the result is idolatry. There will be things about God. Listen to me. There will be things about God that will offend you. Things you don't like. Why? Because they contradict emotions, intellect, culture, experience, religion, schools, peers. God offends because he does not. He is not like man. God is not like man. His ways are not like man. His thoughts are not like man. His emotions are not like man. How he sees things, not like man. He is higher than man. He is the creator of all. So he does not see things like we see them. So what he says, how he says it, how he does it. If he doesn't do it when we think he should do it. If he doesn't do it at all. If he says something against what we think it should be. It offends us. The word of God is dissected by man. To fit their desires to fit their emotions to fit intellect to fit experience to fit peers to fit culture to fit schools and to fit religion why because if the word of god which is god's word if the word of god was actually taken how it was meant to be. Offense would come. Yes. He offends. He offends to righteousness. He offends to salvation. He convicts so that we can be right For the sake of being his 
creation. Listen to this. The greatest level of wickedness and sin. The greater the offense. Okay? There's so much wickedness. There's so much sin. And there's so much offense by the word of God today. Everyone is offended by God's word because it objects to the wickedness and the sin that is going on, not only in the world, but also among those who believe. Even believers are offended by the word of God. Hmm. Jesus offended because the wickedness and the sin was great. And they were so offended by him. They plotted to kill him. His very presence offended them because he went against what they constructed in emotions, intellect, culture, experience, religion, schools, peers. He didn't go by that. He went by the word. He was the word. He is the word. So the world today is offended by God because they have a false perception of who he should be. We make it our business. Oh, God wouldn't do that. Oh, God wouldn't say that. Hmm. God, mm-mm, he wouldn't. God is a loving God. Mm-mm, he wouldn't. Yes, he does love us. But he also offends us so that we can get right. God does not care about flesh. He cares about your spirit being right with him. That's what he cares about. So the world today is offended by God because they have a false perception of who he should be. So they have begun to construct idols that they prefer. And I'm not just talking about the world. I'm also talking about believers. Believers have begun to construct idols that they prefer. I don't prefer the book of Acts. I don't prefer, you know, uh, uh, this scripture. I don't prefer when Jesus did this. I don't prefer how Jesus said that. I don't prefer him convicting me. I only want him to love me. I don't prefer him correcting me when I'm wrong. I only want him to give me the good things. That's all I want. That's all I want. So I prefer that he love me instead of chastise me. That's what I prefer. So if I'm chastised, then I don't want to hear that. I don't want that. I don't need that. That is not my preference. So I have constructed that God only uh, loves me and gives me good things. He only gives me promises of good things. Hmm. That's all. Take away all the, the, the warnings. Take away all the convictions. Take away all of those things. 
that he's telling me not to do and not to say and 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 how to walk and how to live and and what I shouldn't be saying and where I shouldn't be going and who I shouldn't be mingling with and I shouldn't be lying I shouldn't be stealing I shouldn't be fornicating I shouldn't be committing adultery I I shouldn't be 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 angry I shouldn't be bitter I shouldn't have anxiety take away all of those things and let me do those things because all I want is the good of the land. All I want is for him to love me. That's all I want. I don't care anything about the, the, the six things God hates. I'm still going to do those things because he loves me regardless. Yes, he does. But God has constructed covenant for those who walk in his ways. He didn't construct those covenants for those who do not walk in his ways. He did not. So, so today most have begun to construct idols that they prefer. Listen to this. Idols that soothe their conscience. Oh my God. 2 Timothy 4. Yes. 2 Timothy 4. That soothe their conscience. Listen to me. I was in uh, corporate prayer. And when I'm in prayer, I always ask God to, 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 to tell me what he wants prayed in the earth. And he told me to pray against the soothsayer. What is a soothsayer? A soothsayer. Listen to this. Listen to uh, what a, a soothsayer is. A soothsayer is a person who is supposed to be able to... Foresee the future. Okay. They're supposed to be able to see the future. But a soothsayer is a person who actually goes against what God has said. It's a fortune teller. A uh, 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 um, uh, maybe a, a diviner, uh, witchcraft, something of that that sort. He only he or she only speaks things that soothes the conscience, but does not lead you to righteousness. You're sinning, and a soothsayer says, "That's okay. God understands. That's okay." You can continue to do it. That's a soothsayer. God told me to pray against the soothsayer. Okay. So in doing that, you know, as I'm, 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 I'm viewing this and I'm reading um, our message today about idolatry. Okay. And how it affects 
us and how it affects the body and you know us as we move into what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living and not constructing idols and being what God has not called us to be okay Exodus 20 three through six says you must not have any other gods but me none but me you must not make for yourselves an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea you must not bow down to them or worship them for i the lord your god am a jealous god who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods i lay the sins of the parents upon their children the enti- the entire family is affected even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me so when you reject god and you set up idols and you make your affection towards something or someone that is not the almighty god then you are affecting an entire your entire family even children in the third and fourth generations okay that's what you're doing If I prioritize anything above God, it is not just graven images or worship of false gods. It is also when you lay him down and put other persons and other things in his place. You remember in Matthew 22:37 through 39, Jesus replied, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. A second second is equally important. Where you tell us to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demand of the prophets are based on these two things. Everything is second. God is saying everything is second, but I am priority. If you are laying me down, putting me aside, causing me to wait, resisting me then you have put me second and that thing that person has become priority that has taken over my place in your heart in your mind and in your soul the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on this to love me first to worship me only to give me priority and everything else is second. Whoa. Gosh. Mm. Gosh. Don't allow the soothsayer to tell you it's okay to worship idols. It's okay to put God second. It's okay not to to do things that please God. Don't allow them to make you believe the lie of the enemy. 
Lord. Mm. Listen to me. The world today, and I'm going to say this again. The world today is offended by God because they have a false perception of who he should be. They think by intellect, by emotion, by religion, by school, by culture, by experience, that God should be this way. Okay? So they have begun to to construct idols that they prefer. People don't prefer God anymore. They don't prefer him. Mm. Idols that soothe their conscience, their emotions. Idols that don't offend their intellect. That don't change their culture. That keeps them in their experience. That coincides with their religion. And that allows them to fit in with their peers. Woo! When God sends the truth, it offends them because God's ways do not fit in. They cause you to rise up. God's ways cause you to rise up. There will be pressures, internal and external, that will cause you to change your view of God to fit your preference. Mm. God does not fit all of your preferences. Oh, he doesn't. Not everything God does, you will like. Not everything God says will sound right to you. This is why we must know God by the Holy Spirit. Not by intellect, not by emotions, not by culture, not by school, not by religion, not by experience, not by peers. We should know God by the Holy Spirit. And that is why this podcast is called Guarded, so that we can guard ourselves against things that take us away from the true and living God. I am supposed to be learning God through the Spirit, not my flesh. My flesh, as I told you so many times, is supposed to be dying to my spirit because my flesh is not supposed to be in control. Intellect, experience, peers, culture, schools, religion, all are constructed by the flesh. But when I am walking by the spirit, when I am led by the spirit, then I know who God is. And I fear God enough to understand that his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and we are not on equal levels or equal playing fields. So what he thinks will not be what I think or what I prefer because if I prefer it, then I know that it's not of God. Why? Because God's ways take me higher than my preference. It takes me and leads me to his preference and not my own. My own ways, my own thoughts lead me into sin. 
because I'm being led by the flesh. But when I'm being led by the spirit, I move different. I act different. I I live different because I'm connected to a God, to the God, to the true and living God who takes me higher, who takes me into revelation beyond the flesh, revelation beyond the world, revelation beyond religion, revelation beyond schools, culture, peers, experience, and intellect that no one can interrupt or dissect by their own flesh. God does not fit all of your preferences. Mm. Listen to this, Psalms 135, 15 through 18. The idols idols of the nations are merely things of silver and gold, shaped by human hands. Listen to me, everybody's out for money 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 getting that bag staying busy to get money to get money to get money money has become idols an idol not only to the world but also to the believer money i want money i need money Mm. 16 they have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see they have ears but cannot hear and mouths but cannot breathe and those who make idols are just like them as are all who trust in them when i trust in these things when i put these things above the true and living god i do not know revelation to move into the deep things of god so that i can know what it is I need to do, be, see, hear, and speak. I can't do it in the flesh. I can't do it chasing worldly things. I can't do it. Your perception of God will affect everything about you. If you see God is angry and abusive, you will be bound by religion. If you see God as liberal and willing to let anything slide, you will be bound by sin. Listen to me. God has order. He's orderly. He has order. The perception you have of God dictates how you live and how you behave. Look at the world. Look at the church. Look at believers. We move. We do things by how we perceive God. What we think about him. Not who he really is. Not who he really is. So listen. Daniel 3, 1 through 6, when King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, it was 90 feet tall and and 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then he sent messages to the high officers and officials and governors and advisors and treasurers and judges and magistrates and all the provincial officers to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So Nebuchadnezzar had set up an idol. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
Then a herald shouted out, people of the all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, leery, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. Gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Daniel 3, 14 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up. I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want you to make it, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Listen to me. Even if I am not changing my perception, even if I am not changing my mind, even if God doesn't do what we think, we will not bow and we still will not construct a preference. We still will not lay our God down, the almighty God, the great one down and pick up idols. This has to be our stance as Christians and believers. Even if we will still believe, listen to me, you have to make it in your mind that you're not changing your mind. Even if your circumstances don't change, even if things around you are still the same, you won't let a circumstance change your view of the true and living God. You have to make it known that you're not bowing to a false perception of who God is. You're not bowing to anything because to bow would mean I embrace the perception. I buckle, I fold to the idea and change my mind of what intellectual people say, of what schools say, of what religion says, of what my peers say, what my emotion says, or what I think. I'm not embracing that. And I'm not changing my mind because this is not Jehovah. It's Nebuchadnezzar. It's not Jehovah's, it's the president. It's not Jehovah, it's my religion. It's not Jehovah, it's money. It's not Jehovah, it's the medicine. No matter what, God is still God. To bow to idolatry is to change your mind about God. So even if God does not do things the way we wish, 
we can't change. We can't change our perception. We can't change our view of God to fit what our peers, what the world, what religion, what our intellect, what our experience has carved to make us believe by perception. You have to say, I won't, I refuse to worship, prioritize, obsess, bow, or change the perception of God. I will not bow. Selah. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Guarded. May the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may he always be with you to defend you. In Jesus' name, amen.